The Ambitious Mum Podcast. Different women, different lives, different ambitions. I'm Kate Moore Youssef, and every week I'll be having honest conversations about ambition. But when I'm swimming, I find that I go into this kind of, yeah, mindful zone and, I, and I'm just really focused on exactly what I'm doing. Motherhood. This is the most powerful form of self-care that I can give myself and it's the one thing I do for me. We'll explore how their ambitions and careers have evolved while being a parent and I'll be digging deep, acknowledging the taboos, the sacrifices and the sheer grit and perseverance working mums don't talk about. And then you realise it's not really about how you look, it's about how strong you are and how confident you are and how you can put yourself in a situation which makes you feel like a superhero. That is the feeling that you come away with, not always anyone looking at my cellulite. Hi, welcome back to the Ambitious Mum podcast. I am Kate Moore Youssef, your host. This week's episode is a real personal favourite. I got to speak to somebody who is doing what I have just started and I've basically taken up a new hobby. Now when you call it a hobby, I've done it probably four times, but the four times I've done it is, um, well, has been really incredible And that is outdoor swimming, wild swimming, open water swimming, whatever you want to call it. My lovely friend Jenna, she's getting a name check here, introduced me to a lake that is near us. And she's been going throughout all of lockdown. And you'll hear in the podcast, I actually talk about Jenna and talk about how she went from uh, working in the hugely busy events industry. And obviously right now events aren't happening and the industry is just pretty much shut down overnight And for somebody that was always on the go, never, you know, never stood still, always planning the next event, she suddenly found herself with lots of free time. And that free time has been spent doing what she calls her own meditation. And that is um, taking to the water. She goes with just the skins, that's what they call it, which is a swimming costume, and goes in and swims in the most beautiful lake that is near us. And she took me one day, and I have to say, it was spellbounding. We've been a few times together. She keeps going, though, on the days that I kind of chicken out when it gets a bit cold and she's just not bothered. But I'm vowing to carry this on throughout winter because, let's face it, what else is there to do? So I then started following lots of different outdoor swimming, wild swimming Instagram accounts and came across um, an amazing photographer called Anna Deacon who is based in Scotland and she has co-written a book which is absolutely beautiful called Taking the Plunge and in this it chronicles all the health benefits, all the emotional physical health benefits of swimming in the wild and it's a beautiful beautiful read, the photographs are fantastic and the interviews, the insights, the stories from all the different people who are swimming out in the wild, in the open waters, in the middle of winter, freezing cold, and what it's done to their lives, how it's changed them. And during this podcast episode, you'll hear from Anna, all the different people that she interviewed for the book, and how the swimming has brought them a whole new lease of life. So I absolutely love speaking to her. Um, we found out that afterwards, we, when we turned the recording off, that we both come from a PR background, busy 
um, you know, busy lives before her, before we had kids. And now we are just kind of relishing in these things that just give us this time to just shut down, close our minds from all the hustle and bustle that's going on, all the overwhelming traffic that's whirring around in our heads. And the swimming really, really helps with that. We go into lots more detail. So if you are tempted, you've been curious about outdoor swimming, Anna talks about all the pitfalls, um, some of the, the things that we need to be careful of, equipment, what it can do, how you feel afterwards. It's honestly, I could have spoken to Anna for ages. So here is the episode, all her details and details on the book are in the, on the show notes. So here is my conversation with Anna Deacon. So Anna Deacon, welcome to the Ambitious Mum podcast. Thanks so much for coming on. Thanks for having me. It's a joy to have you on and I absolutely loved reading the book um, that you sent me called Taking the Plunge, which is all about um, wild swimming in the UK, but I think it's the, it's the way you've humanised um, the whole notion of wild swimming and brought in so many different elements of, of different people's stories. Um, I'd love to know where the inspiration started from. I know you're a photographer. Tell me a little bit about the the beginning of, of, you know, writing this book and how it came about. So I was working as a photographer, super busy, lots of projects on the go. Um, So it would be two years ago, roughly. And I had a bit of a burnout, basically, just took on way too much was getting sick and just, you know, very, very stressed. And um, what I always found was, you know, something that would help me was I used to go along the coast a bit down, we're based in Edinburgh. And if you go further down the coast from Edinburgh, there's this amazing coastline that goes all the way to the border pretty much with just expansive beaches and they're just empty and beautiful um and I'd go meet my cousin who lives down there and we'd just go and swim together and chat and she's an artist and I'm a photographer and we'd sort of just go and have a creative get together um so I started doing that with her and I just took some pictures that day on the beach and I just thought you know I can't keep going the way I'm going I've got to stop um And the sort of meeting of taking pictures of her swimming and the nature around me just got my brain kind of going and had an amazing swim. And I thought on the way back, I was just thinking I need to make some big changes. And the first one really was to cancel a lot of my work because I'd just taken on too much. So can I interrupt Um, you, Anna? Did you have young children at the time? Yeah, so my children are just 13 and 11 now. So they're a bit, you know, a couple of years younger. So yeah, in the middle of kind of primary school hassles as you get with kids. Um, And anyway, so I had this kind of feeling that I needed to do something that was just for me. Uh, The swimming at that time was just something I just did with my cousin, but I wanted to do a lot more of it. So I joined a local group in Edinburgh and we found that there was a little beach quite near my house, about 10 minute walk. It's a little scrubby city beach that no one ever swam at. But a group of us started going down there and swimming. And so I started to go more and more and I took my camera down. Uh, I was thinking about just doing maybe a project just for me, just a sort of creative project of taking pictures of people swimming because I 
you know, I like swimming and I like taking pictures. So it started off as that. And then I thought, I'm going to find out why these people are swimming. Such an interesting group of people. Uh, I didn't know them before. I only met them through doing this. And I started to find the most extraordinary stories. Um, and so I started an Instagram page, which is now called at Wild Swimming Stories. Um, and the idea was just really to put the pictures and the stories somewhere uh, while I thought what to do with them. I thought maybe I might do an exhibition or something at some point. Um, and it just grew arms and legs. People really was responding to these amazing stories that I was getting. Um, and I was introduced at that time through a mutual friend to a writer called Vicky Allen, who writes for the Herald up in Scotland, a features writer who also loves wild swimming. So we got chatting and this friend of ours said, you should do a book together. And um, so we just thought that would be quite fun. And actually within about six weeks, we had a book contract and, wow. um, and we did the book very quickly. It sort of all happened within six months. Yeah, that's kind of where it started. Oh, really. <laughs> it's a real joy to, to read. It's um, really informative. I learned a lot. I mean, just to put into context, probably the, the reason why I contacted you in the first place is I have just sort of really got into wild swimming. And it's something that I've always wanted to do. I've always swam abroad in, in the sea, you know, really kind of like, gone right out and swam and, and loved that feeling of sort of the expansiveness mm. but I've never really done it here in England um, and I've always kind of just had this connection to water just always loved it I've been paddle boarding and, and anytime I can go on a boat I would but I've never taken it to the next level and up until recently and um, a very good friend of mine introduced me to to it and she started doing it over lockdown and to my friend, and I know she won't mind me saying this, works in the events industry. And she is um, normally super, super busy, every weekend taken up with, you know, weddings and all sorts of, you know, different ceremonies and parties. And her life was just full on. You know, she didn't breathe probably any, any weekend. All of a sudden the pandemic hit and her business pretty much shut down overnight. Mm -hmm. And all of a sudden she found herself with very little to do apart from, you know, looking after her children and her husband and, and friends and stuff. And because she wasn't used to having nothing to do, she had to find something. And she was naturally attracted to um, wild swimming. She found this beautiful lake near us and she was going off just quietly on her own for months and months until she told me what she was doing. I said, take me with you. Mm -hmm. And we've been going, I have to say, I've been a fair weather swimmer so far. It's been like lovely days. It has been a bit chilly recently, still doing it in our swimming costumes, but we are planning. We, we've got all sorts of plans up our sleeves to, you know, drive up to the Lake District, Scotland. We've got, you know, this whole new exciting path ahead of us that wasn't there a few months ago. What really struck me was the amount of women that we see when we go swimming. And it's, it's mm -hmm. always women and they're older, they're younger. You know, we've seen women in the sort of um, mid seventies and there's this real sense of community. There's a tribe, there's a connection and new friendships. And that's what was really amazing to see in your book as well is how you have picked out people's stories and why they've been attracted to the water and I think as a, as a mother, and I'm sure you can agree that we have a lot of stuff going around in our heads the whole time. It's really, really hard to switch off. And the only time I have felt completely disconnected from this kind of traffic of, of 
constant thoughts and conversations in my head is is when I'm swimming and I'd love to know I guess what you found when you were speaking to the different women and how they why they yeah I guess why they found the swimming so therapeutic and helpful for them Mm. yeah we we definitely definitely seems to be a lot of women who are swimming I mean there's a lot of men too of course but it does seem to be something that attracts women as a community and I there's something about that I really love Mm. um but yeah there's we met so many women with different issues and different reasons for finding the water there was one woman the first person I photographed actually she had been spent a long time trying to escape an abusive relationship and had finally sort of got away basically Uh, but she had two small children with additional needs and um and she said to me, and it really struck me, she said, this is the most powerful form of self-care that I can give myself. And it's the one thing I do for me. And it really struck me that this was the one time that she ever had on her own. And this is how she chose to spend it. And, and, and that really was because she found, like you, that it was the only time she could properly switch off because there's something about particularly when the water gets colder I have to say it does change uh and it it gives you that feeling even more but a feeling of mindfulness um and like a flow state as the whole section of our book we we talk about this and the flow states where you essentially are so in the moment that you're in that you cannot sort of really focus on anything but that and that's something that I don't know about you, but I find virtually impossible to to get to with any other activity. Uh, Yeah, I I agree with you. Yeah, I always have about a thousand tabs open at once and I really struggle to switch off. I've tried all the mindfulness apps and all these. um, It just doesn't work for me. I have too much of a busy brain, too much anxiety. But when I'm swimming, I find that I go into this kind of, yeah mindful zone and I'm just really focused on exactly what I'm doing you know how my hands feel are they too cold you know is there anything under my feet you know yeah you know what's going on how deep am I what temperature is it how am I feeling have I still got sort of you know am I starting to get hypothermia or am I okay look at that bird you know you couldn't be more present if you tried like you know what you were just saying then the the descriptions of how you've really got to focus and it's also the breathing I find yes that if you're not in control of your breathing like you said I've tried meditation yoga walking and definitely helps me but I'm still got that tiny little bit you know my brain swirling around but when you're in the water like you said you're conscious of the temperature what your body's doing how you're feeling yes I don't think there's very much else that you compare of being so present in the moment yes and it's also I mean there's that feeling of swimming alone and being alone with your thoughts which is great and you can do that in a group and I often when we were doing regular group swims which obviously now is is not something we can necessarily do um but when i would do a regular swim in a group i'd often feel the sort of security of having people around but i'd often sort of just swim off by myself and have that quiet moment but there's also times where i've gone down to the beach and i've met a group of people usually a group of women and found that you know i've been able to just 
get a load of stuff off my chest, you know, just chat to people in the water. Mm. And so often it's people that I don't actually really know that well, that I've only met through swimming. And some, some of us have found a really great release in talking to people we don't really know that well, weirdly enough. Um, so interesting. About some of your sort of deepest feelings about things. And it somehow feels like a safe place to do that. And a lot of people have said the same to me, you know, said like, I've, wow, I've just talked to you about things I would never talk to anyone else about. Yeah. But somehow it feels different because we Do you think it's something to do with sort of that vulnerability of being in the water, you're in the cold, you've got, you've got barely any clothes on, you're yeah. stripped of makeup, your hair, it's like, you could be anyone, you can be a millionaire, you can have nothing at all. And everyone, we're all the same in, in the freezing cold water. It's a massive leveller. I mean, it really, it really, really is. And uh, it's so funny as well. We, we, <laughs> we've, um, I've quite often bumped into people that I've been swimming with for ages and I bumped into them in a shop or something and I just I don't recognise them. <laughs> I'm like, oh, I've never seen you with clothes on before. <laughs> But yet you've kind of been swimming with these people and, you know, probably seen them getting changed and, yeah. you know, shared a hot chocolate with them. And it's just, it's a very different experience. It's a different kind of friendship, I, I think. And that's why so many women are drawn to it. I think, you know, it's, it's a very bonding process. Most definitely. I think, you know, that is, is seeing the community there of, mm. of knowing that women, and I think, what me and my friend also discussed is knowing that we can do this up until, you know, our seventies, our eighties. And well, you know, you'll always have this kind of community there and you can always call on it and it's, and it's there. It's always on your doorstep if you want it. If you're enjoying this podcast, I'd really appreciate it if you could leave a review or a rating to help us reach even more ambitious mums and get the content out there. Thanks so much. There's this element of adventure that I know you touch on in the book as well. And it really kind of opened my eyes a little bit because I couldn't maybe put my finger on where I knew that the adrenaline from a physical point of view comes, you know, from afterwards and you've got all the, 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 the hormone rush and the serotonin and the endorphins. But also how often, you know, especially if you're a mum and you're at home with your kids and you, you don't get that sense of adventure anymore until you throw yourself into a freezing cold bit of, of water and um, swim in nature and you're just not quite sure what's going to happen and you're not quite sure what animal you're going to see or if you're going to see the fish today. So would you say that you, you got that a lot from people when you were speaking to them, that this is kind of like a one connection to being adventurous? Oh, absolutely. I mean, we talk about you know, micro adventures. I mean, there's an amazing book out about micro adventures and that is really about having adventures very close to home and keeping things doable. You know, it's it's so often we kind of think, oh, one day I'm going to go and travel and, you know, go to the rainforest and I'm going to do all of these things and climb a mountain. But the fact is that, that so often these things remain you know, unresolved dreams. And the older you get, the more you think, oh, am I ever actually going to be able to climb that mountain? I've got dodgy knees and, you know, but actually just finding something that you can do on a regular basis that makes you feel like you've achieved something and like you've been a bit epic and you've done something really exciting and adventurous. So there's something, there's a lot to be said for that because we don't often challenge ourselves. And we, 
it's also, I think Vicky and I often talk about getting comfortable with being uncomfortable yeah, and so. um, pushing us. We've both pushed ourselves to the absolute limit with, with doing this book. Um, I'm quite scared of the water, actually. I'm quite a fearful person um, in, in the sense that I don't really like going out of my depths and I'm always really nervous about riptides and what's under my feet and <laughs> I'm very silly like that. But we both pushed ourselves and, and swam in places that were quite extreme and we've both done ice swimming uh, quite a lot and really pushed ourselves in terms of how long we could stay out and you know where we could find the most extremely wild body of water and so on um wow, that is a real adventure you know yeah. to do that it, with with somebody else and to know that you've you know you can tell your kids and hopefully your grandkids one day that you know you, you did that and um, you know to say you've been ice swimming that is mega I want to know about this. I'm, I'm building myself up for, for swimming in, you know, in the winter, let alone, you know, ice swimming. Can you tell us a little bit about that sensation and what, what you feel when you're getting in and I guess while you're out in there swimming? Well, I think ice swimming is even more of an extreme kind of version of this mindfulness process because you really, you actually have to be massively switched on to how your body is coping um which again is that mindfulness thing where they say you know feel your feet and your knees and you know do that sort of body scan you yeah. really have to be doing that constantly when you're um in the ice so we've we've done a few different versions we've done it with sort of thin ice we can just break it up with your hands um or, or we've gone in with sledgehammers and just smashed quite thick ice oh and then God. made it fast um <laughs> I must admit to swimming, swimming, ice swimming when it's windy is not something that I enjoy at all. But when it's calm, you, I can almost stay in longer when it's not windy than on a cold, windy day, if that makes sense. Yeah. Um, so the coldest water I think that we actually registered the temperature of was 0.5. I think probably we did about, I don't know, five, 10 minutes, no more than that. Swimsuits, but we had neoprene gloves and socks on. Uh, which just keeps the warmth to your extremities. And then I think probably had a hat on as well. Um, and what, and tell, for someone that's never done this and they're slightly curious, what feet, I mean, I know it's quite hard to articulate because when we get out of a swim and we sit there, we're drinking a hot tea and we're having, you know, a biscuit or a cake or something, we just kind of sit there going, wow, wow. And we both kind of know how we feel. Yeah. And, but it's hard to articulate to someone that's not done it before. You just kind of feel exhilarated, um, exuberant, um, invigorated. But if you've done an ice swim, what, what do you feel afterwards? Cold. <laughs> <laughs> so I think it's the same. It's exactly the same feeling as when you go for a cold swim. But you, you, it's just that little level up, I would say. Um, you definitely you do feel like you've done something super epic and there's a really great feeling about that but you do also have to be super careful to warm up properly yeah afterwards. there's a whole science behind it isn't there because mm. it's it, I would again I, I learned loads just reading you know those few chapters in your book about it and I was I actually think I've been a little bit naive and bearing in mind yes the water temperature hasn't been probably lower than about 15 or 14 degrees so it's all been quite sort of semi-tropical compared to ice swimming um but the first time I did it I remember I just waded straight in and mm. and I 
did that very typical sort of three minutes of um you know feeling a little bit like panicky and I couldn't quite catch my breath and really it, it, I was a bit shocked about how I reacted I thought I would I was just going to be fine mm. and then the second and third time that I did it I, I really kind of gently splashed myself and took a few minutes but you do have to be careful and there is you know a science behind it and there are things that you have to be mindful of and um, even if you feel fine in the water getting out and like you say you shouldn't have sort of like a hot shower straight away should you you need to really mm -hmm. let your body acclimatize yeah th there's there's two things actually that i'll just pick up on there um one of them is cold water shock which is the main reason why people drown um is it's basically your body's natural reaction to being very suddenly immersed in cold water and the way to mitigate that is just not to jump in, not to dive in ever to cold water because it can, it will give your body such a shock that you could involuntarily, you know, breathe in a lot of water mm. um, or perhaps even have, you know, a sort of cardiac um, reaction to it. So you've got to be super, super careful with that. Um, obviously that's really more for, for the very cold temperatures. Um, but uh, the other thing is called afterdrop, which is essentially where your body continues to cool down and you're in your core for about half an hour after you've finished a swim. So you might come out feeling fine and then 20 minutes later, you're really shivering and struggling. Uh, so I think the key is don't jump in. As you say, go in slowly, but you don't have to go really slowly. <laughs> I tend yeah. to try and just keep going, keep walking. Yeah. Uh, you know, I mean, I'm going into the sea, so I've got, you know, a gradual walk in usually. Um, if I was getting into a river, perhaps that was, I was getting in and it's already quite deep or getting an, off the end of a jetty uh, into a lake or something like that, I would probably just, you know, get my feet in slowly. And, and as you say, just slowly lower yourself in um and let your body just adjust and then just be still and deep breathe for a minute and let yourself just calm and let your heart rate slow and then you'll be fine but the after drop is the thing that has caught me out and and many people i know lots of times because sometimes the exhilaration is so much when you're swimming that you don't want to get out because you're having yeah. such a wonderful time <laughs> by the time you've adjusted to it and you're having a wonderful time it's usually the best time to think i should probably get out now because i'm feeling really good so this is where yeah, we have that's really interesting because we, we start done to feel that. really really good that could be the start of hypothermia because it okay. often starts with a kind of slightly kind of um excited over the top excited feeling uh that's something to really watch out for when you're with people if they start to get really really excited then it could be a sort of hypothermic response so oh wow just okay. really keep an eye out for people <laughs> yeah no that's it's that's really fascinating the ambitious mum podcast just interrupting this podcast to tell you a little bit about my new forgiveness course which has just been released the doors are now open it's called forgiveness for you and it starts on the 8th of october this will be a three-part workshop series bringing you lots of practical insights into the process of forgiveness so if you've found yourself that you have bared this weight of resentment and anger that's been carrying around with you for a really long time, that you often get triggered by small things that you know have come up from your past, 
then forgiveness might be something that you need to be looking into. And very often we don't think about forgiveness. We don't believe that it's that important. It's maybe something that a quick sorry will sort out. But actually forgiveness should be a huge part of our lives. And until we're taught about the process, we're taught about the value of it, we don't recognise the impact that it can actually give us and bring to our lives. So if you are feeling that you have been carrying around a weight with you for a very long time, that a certain person or a situation, or maybe it's yourself, maybe you need to be practising self-forgiveness about something you believe that you've done in the past that just keeps coming back into your present life and haunting you. Maybe it's holding you back, keeping you stuck. Maybe you're in a vicious cycle of self-sabotage that you know that there's something hasn't been healed and you need to go to that place and tell the story, look back and release it, let it be, then I really want to be able to help guide you and take you on this journey that I promise you will take you for the rest of your life. You'll be able to look back and know how to delve into forgiveness very easily. It will also help you reduce the blame, the judgment, the anger, the shame perhaps that you've been feeling and you're not sure even how to release this, you just know it's there, then I want to be able to take you and hold your hand and support you through this journey. And I want to be able to teach you self-compassion because if we don't have that self-compassion, then forgiveness doesn't come easily. So if any of what I'm saying right now is resonating with you, please go to my website. It's www.coachingbykate.me.uk and you'll see right on the home screen about the Forgiveness For You course. And like I said, it begins on the 8th of October, so the doors are closing on the 6th of October. So if you're listening to this now and it's before the 6th of October and you fancy doing this, please just go onto the website www.coachingbykate.me.uk and you'll see all the information on there. And I really believe that so many of us need to tap into that forgiveness process and really delve into what we need to release and how to release it so we can move on and actually enjoy our lives. Thank you. Going back to what you talked about before about sort of the comfort zone and and leaning into that discomfort, Mm -hmm. I think it's a really amazing analogy because again, you know, if, um, you know, we're we're mums, we're working, we've got a lot going on. Very often we choose not to put ourselves in any discomfort zone because our lives are so busy and hectic and all we want to do is just sit on the couch at the end of the day and have a glass of wine and watch something easy on Netflix. Yeah. But even though we think that's what we want, that's, you know, often we can sort of feel unfulfilled. We feel unmotivated. We're not quite sure we're stuck in a rut. Mm -hmm. And actually, you know, I've found just from, you know, the few months that I've been doing this, it's amazing to see how, I guess, how that that discomfort or that that pushing yourself out of your comfort zone makes you expand your mind. It changes your mindset a little bit and it gives you confidence that even if you haven't got confidence in other areas of your life, you've got confidence in your ability to try something new. So if you've got something, you know, that confidence to try something new in the water, perhaps maybe with a relationship or maybe with something in your career or your work or, or, you know, learning something different. So I think it actually is quite a big picture, isn't it? 
the swimming, oh, what it enables you and I guess how it changes your mindset a little bit. I think you're, you're absolutely right because I think for me, I ordinarily would have like a year ago probably said no to doing something like this because the thought of public speaking in any capacity was utterly terrifying and through doing this about yeah it was about a year ago I got asked to do um a talk in front of I don't know 100 odd people about swimming and my first feeling was to say no no way no way would I do that and stand up in front of people it's utterly terrifying there's a reason I'm behind the camera and not in front of it you know I, I like to sort typical of photographer and it's it's something I can hide behind um but do you know what just Doing these things did give me a confidence that I haven't had uh, for a long time. And certainly since I've had children, which did, you know, change my sort of feeling about myself, perhaps. And I did this talk um, and it was it went fine and it was good. And then when the book came out, we got asked to do loads of talks. And suddenly I found myself doing loads of public speaking, which was a, something I've never have done in a million years before. And then just to top it all off, we got invited onto the Joe Wiley show on Radio 2 to do a live interview. Oh, um, she loves outdoor swimming, doesn't she? She does. She yeah. does. And she'd read the book and she really loved it. And she invited us to go on the show. So Vicky and I went down to London and we went to the studio and we did a live radio interview. And I thought, God, you know, a year ago, I wouldn't have sat in front of five people in a room and, and done a talk you know so to then go and sit in <laughs> sit in the studio on radio two and chat to joe wiley for half an hour was something i would never have seen myself doing wow um and actually it was a t it was a terrible week because my grandmother passed away um the day before the book came out when i was with her at the time and uh just gone into the studio and I got a text saying that my daughter had just been taken into hospital and I you know one of those things where your sort of work life collides massively with your yeah. personal life and I felt like I was dropping every ball that I had in the air <laughs> I just went on and did this talk um and it was utterly terrifying but do you know what I feel like swimming somehow opened up a confidence in me that wasn't there before so yeah I agree with that that's really interesting because I I know people who I respect highly and think wow you know look what they do or guess with either work or the way they exercise and then when I told them that I'd been swimming wild swimming in a lake open lake and it was not that warm on the day that I did it they were like wow I'd never do that and I was thinking what of course you'd do that if I can do it you can do it yeah and you kind of don't think about yourself doing that and actually in a way it kind of reframes what you're capable of mm -hmm. and definitely you know for a mindset perspective of just getting into the water I think the swim's the easy bit it's the getting yeah. in that I really really struggle with I sort of get anxious beforehand and I think how am I going to do it each time and yeah. then I'm in and I've done it and I think brilliant okay and then this is the, the nice bit and then you've got the lovely swim to enjoy and then you've got the lovely bit of getting out and the feeling and, and everything so I would encourage anybody who um, I think is, is struggling with their confidence to take something like this up because 
you know you can go to all sorts of different things listen to talks speak to coaches do all sorts of courses on unconfidence but until you literally throw yourself into cold water you can't quite get the results I think and I'd love to know a little bit about how when you were speaking to the women and I and again this is something from experience I noticed that we're all stood there in awesome costumes possibly getting changed pulling down our you know things and not really caring what people see I'm stood there chatting to people in my swimming hat with no makeup on and going back to that notion of it is a real leveler I think it's a great thing for body confidence as well that we are so used to you know caring what other women think about us and caring about you know what clothes we're wearing and and looking well presented and then this just takes it to the whole other degree did you notice that a lot with with women that they just don't care they're stood there in their swimsuits wetsuits and it's just you know no one really cares what they look like oh absolutely it's definitely not a glamorous hobby <laughs> it's very much a thing uh we've spoken to a lot of women about uh how they feel about their bodies and we've got a whole chapter about it in the book and we wor- we worked a lot with a lady called danny gordon who is a body confidence um ambassador and we we really found there's a lot of people who and myself i would put myself in in that group as well who for a long time just wouldn't go to a swimming pool because I felt really self-conscious and exposed in my swimsuit. You know, I'd go and I'd take my kids, but I always hated, I just hated it. I hated feeling sort of, yeah, exposed, I think is, is the word. So they couldn't believe it when I started swimming outside and then getting changed on a public beach. They were like, what has happened to you? Mm-hmm. You know, <laughs> More my husband than my kids, to be fair, they didn't really notice. But I've spoken to a lot of women that felt, you know, very ashamed of going swimming in public and the stats are extraordinary how many women have stopped swimming altogether because of body confidence issues there's so many and there's so many reasons why women feel that they shouldn't be you know seen in a swimsuit and why they're not good enough and all of these things but somehow the thing about swimming outdoors is you just have to just get on and do it and you just get changed quickly and everyone's in the same boat and then you realize it's not really about how you look it's about how strong you are yeah. and how confident you are and how you can put yourself in a situation which makes you feel like a superhero. Mm-hmm. And that is the feeling that you come away with. Not, oh, was anyone looking at my cellulite? It was more, you know what? I don't care what people thought of my cellulite. What they saw was a strong person walking into freezing cold water in December and going for a swim. And they weren't going, oh my God, look at her size. They were going, wow, look at her. She's so brave. Yeah. You know, And there's the feeling of that that I think has given a, a lot of women confidence back in their bodies and what their bodies are capable of, as opposed to just what they look like. Does that make sense? Yeah, That's no, bit of a tangent. To, no, totally. It's, it's very liberating and very empowering. Mm. And exactly what you were saying then, it's you just don't care because you focused on the fact that you're being brave and you've done it and actually you're proud of yourself. And yeah. Going back to, you know, women, we, we normally beat ourselves up a little bit. Our self-talk isn't probably the most positive unless you are, you've done a lot of inner work and you've really worked on yourself. And, you know, most of the time we'll, we'll sort of be quite negative or hard upon ourselves. But actually, 
you know, if you've done a swim, especially in the cold and you've, you've done it and you've enjoyed it, you should be proud of yourself. And it is something to, to you know, congratulate, congratulate yourself about. And that's what I love about it is that you, no one can take that away from you. No mm. one can take away from what you've just done. And also, you know, normally after exercise, I would be like, oh, I'm not going to eat like a huge big lunch because it'll ruin all the, the you know, the good work I've done. But actually, after I've done a swim, I'll sit there with my tea and a cake and enjoy it and just absolutely relish in the fact that like my body is craving that glucose. It's craving, you know, it, the hot drink and the food because, um, you know, we've just put it under a little bit of stress and it, and it needs it. Yeah. So I think it's a lot of reframing. And I think that's what the outdoor swimming does. I mean, honestly, I could go on and on and on. But what I wanted to, to do with this conversation was really to encourage women who are perhaps feeling like there's something missing in their life or the perhaps they're just feeling you know a little bit stuck um and they're and they're wondering what they can do and and yes I know some of the equipment is a bit expensive I've been looking at wetsuits and been a bit blown away by how expensive some of them can be but essentially it's all within everybody's grasp isn't it you just have to find that bit of water which because we're an island in england and um, scotland and ireland um we, we can find that water mm-hmm. so it's very accessible to to so many people and i don't know about you but you know we're, we're coming towards the end of september um we're, we're hearing quite negative things about how long we're gonna you know be in this situation with covid and there's not that much to look forward to unfortunately but the knowledge that there is this adventure out there and to know that I can do this in the winter and yes, I'll have to brace myself and, you know, kind of prepare myself, but to know that I have got something to look forward to is actually really um, freeing. And, and I'd I'd love to be able to bring this to to more women to, to know that if I can do it and you can do it and none of us are Olympic swimmers, that, you know, it's accessible for so many other people and, what it does for our mental health and our well-being and and I know we've touched on that and there's lots of you know you can all you have to do is sort of google the physical impact of of outdoor swimming on our bodies and you can read about what it does but the mental health side and I know from your book you've interviewed women who have gone through really traumatic things in their lives Mm -hmm. you've seen and spoken to them about how this swimming has been their savior. This has been the one thing that's taken them out of the deepest, darkest depths. Mm-hmm. And unfortunately, this pandemic is bringing those dark depths out to many more of us. So, I mean, what would you say about what you've noticed about the, the correlation between mental health and, and the outdoor swimming? You know, medical studies are being done as we speak on it. And there was a program that uh, Dr. Chris Van Tulligan did um, about three or four years ago, around about the time where I was starting off with the swimming, which really inspired me. And it was called The Doctor Who Gave Up Drugs. It was a BBC, I think it's, it's on periodically, or you might be able to find it on iPlayer. But it's, um, he was trying to get people who were on long-term medication um, off their long-term medication and finding other remedies, essentially. And he was working with a girl who had suffered really badly from depression and he had done this study, a clinical study about cold water and the effect on mental health and depression particularly. And so he did the experiment with her and that became part of his study. 
and um, the results were extraordinary. Uh, it's worth watching the show and, and, and looking it up. I can send you a link to post as well. Yeah, if you want thank to you. More about it. But the results, and essentially it's, it's become now something that is, is being studied by a lot of medical professionals and mental health professionals as well. Uh, because it, it really genuinely has has a, a beneficial effect um, up to this point I think it's been quite anecdotal but I think they, they are starting to find really serious evidence so it, it's it's something that I think a lot of people that we've spoke to um, had huge benefits from I mean there's there's one woman this is a physical and mental health story but I think her story was one of the most powerful that we felt came out of this book for us Vicky and I um, to Dawn, a uh, wonderful lady that we know, she a few years ago was really struggling with uh, depression, mostly because she was a single mum who had had a back injury that became so debilitating, the cr such chronic pain that she was confined to pretty much using a wheelchair to get around. Uh, she was then registered disabled. She lives quite uh, remotely, so she became much more isolated from society and, you know, stopped getting visits from friends too much. And, and she was very, very depressed. Um, she also has something called Ehlers-Danlos syndrome as well, which caused her a lot of pain and, and discomfort. So she was living a pretty much a half-life. She was very, very unhappy and she did um, attempt to take her own life. And at that point, she was able to be introduced to a charity who suggested to her that she might want to try outdoor swimming, which was something she'd never considered before. Uh, so she was introduced to a local group, same people that I got introduced to, in fact, and she started outdoor swimming and she found that it made an ext extreme um, difference to her pain levels. Uh, you know, if you imagine, uh, you know, professional athletes will often have an ice bath after mm -hmm. real, real exertion. There's a, there's, a, there's a science to this. If you get in very cold water and you have pain that's caused by inflammation, the cold water will reduce your inflammation, inflammation sorry, and it does decrease your pain. So if you're someone who's living with chronic pain, it's something that really can help you. So this started to work for her, but also the whole feeling of being outdoors uh, when she'd been really quite confined to the indoors, gave her a boost mentally. The fact that she was not in such pain for quite a long time after each swim also gave her a mental boost. And then she started to make friends with people she was swimming with and find herself being embraced by a community. So this continued to the point where she decided to give herself a couple of challenges. And one of them was to climb a Munro, which is, is like a sort of small mountain. Um, which she did. She then was no longer, obviously, at that point, registered disabled. She had got to the point where she was able to be quite physically active. And Dawn, last month, swam the channel. Wow. I know. She's wow. an extraordinary woman. She is so full of joy. You would never know in a million years that not that long ago, she was in this position where she was so unhappy that she tried to take her own life and she was in such chronic pain that she was in a wheelchair and now she's done this she's working for the charity who helped her 
and she's just done this extraordinary feat. I mean, she was part of a team. She didn't swim it solo, but, um, but the fact that she's done this amazing challenge, I think is, is something we can all, you know, try to be more like Dawn really. Yeah. So there's that's, lots of stories like that, but that's probably the most powerful effect. And it, it wasn't just the physical health. It was a real massive change to her mental health. And she's real can do happy, bubbly woman. She's a different person. I think that's really powerful. I've watched a few documentaries and a couple of them, you know, focused on people that had really gone through quite a lot of difficulty in their lives. And the, the trauma, I mean, one person said that they swim every day in, in freezing cold water because what they've gone through in life, it doesn't, you know, the cold water doesn't have any impact on them compared to what they've gone through. Sorry, that's my dog always, the doorbell rings. My just, dog is snoring at my feet. <laughs> I'm hoping you can't hear it. <laughs> yeah, no, it's no, but hopefully you won't be able to hear this dog in the background. Um, so, yeah, so that was that. But also, you know, what is quite interesting is that it's very addictive as well isn't it so mm. once you've recognized that the, the pain is being reduced the feeling that you, you're getting during and after the swim it's really quite amazing how addictive it can get and sometimes an addiction like this is a good thing mm. and um, we just bring this into our lives so it's interesting because I think there is a connection between people who have gone through severe mental health issues and problems that they find the, the swimming and they continue with it because um, of, first of all, of the addictive nature, but also the fact that they can see the results, the tangible results, and then connecting that to the fact that you're meeting a new community, there's new friendships, there's so many different elements and the fact that you're outside as well. So it's kind of like every well-being trick under the sun all thrown together and um, packaged in, in a beautiful lake somewhere. Yeah. Absolutely. So it's, yeah, I think I really hope that, you know, people listening now might kind of get tempted to, to start mm. having a little look to see what's on their doorstep, especially while, you know, we're being restricted in so many other ways. It, it's almost kind of, this negates what we're being told that we can't, you know, see our friends and family. We've got to, you know, stay inside um, away from, you know, shops and restaurants and all the things they're going to probably be telling us very soon. And um, mm. we know that we've actually got this one thing that they're not taking away from us. And that is nature. And that is the ability to swim. It's fascinating. And I think anybody that's listening right now, I would definitely go and have a look at the book. It's called Taking the Plunge. And I know, Anna, that you've got a new book coming out at the end of October. Can you tell us very quickly about the book and what it's about? Yeah, well, we, we could sort of continued our um, exploration of people's stories. We found uh, that we, Vicky and I, both love being outdoors, uh, swimming, obviously, but we also both love forests and trees. And we found that a lot of people felt the same. A lot of swimmers love trees and a lot of yeah. people who love trees love swimming. There's lots of <laughs> connections. But what we decided to do was write a book about why people love trees so much. What is it about trees that is so important to us as humans? And we sort of divided it into chapters very similar to Taking the Plunge. We have a chapter about grief and why is it that we feel drawn to trees often when we're going through a bereavement. Um, when we're contemplating our own death 
and we've got chapters on mental health. We've spoken to some people who have been through all sorts of different traumas, PTSD, um, and all sorts of mental health issues who have found comfort and solace in the woods. And we've also got chapters about, you know, climate strikers and activism and rewilding and all sorts of things. And again, it's that feeling of empowering people to go outdoors and be in nature and how that can massively benefit you in every way, whether it's in, in the water or in the forest, you know, there will be somewhere near you. Mm that you can go and if that's a beautiful city park or if that's a little tree that's you know something you can see out of your window during lockdown these things are nourishing this book was pretty much entirely written during lockdown as well which was a very different experience for Vicky and I than the other book but yeah so it's a lovely kind of gifty kind of book it's nice thick chunky coffee table style book oh, so. it sounds wonderful and that's called cool for the love of trees Yes, out on October the 29th. Oh, fantastic. Well, I will definitely um, be, be reading that because that's just right up my street and exactly the same is, you know, I, I'm no, I couldn't be happier if I'm out in nature walking, um, tree, you know, in the trees, by water, um, with my dogs. And, and, and I think that's what this pandemic has brought to a lot of people. It's actually been a gift that we've had to explore what's on our doorstep and we found all these amazing woods and rivers and walks that perhaps we probably just wouldn't have done because we've been so busy doing so many other things at the weekend like all the, the football and the this and, and, yeah. and meeting friends for lunches and all the things that have been taken away we've actually been given what's on our doorstep and enjoying nature so I've seen that a lot with you know friends of mine that they're, they're doing so many more walks with their kids than they would have done. Well, the kids so, my kids got into swimming over lockdown. After all this time of sort of watching me jumping into all these different bodies of water wherever we go, they both, I mean, I never wear a wetsuit, but, but they both inherited wetsuits from people who hand me downs. And, um, and they both absolutely love it. And it's been such a, a joy to, to share this with them as well. Um, but I also want to just add that, you know, it's a really good time to start swimming. Uh, the water is not too cold. So if people want to start swimming, I would say autumn is my favorite time. The water's not yet freezing. Um, you don't have jellyfish anymore in the sea and things like that that always mm. freak me out. Things that are you need to watch out for in fresh water, like algal blooms, generally tend to kind of go at this time of year. So it's actually a really good time to start. And um, you just don't need any kit. There was a one amazing woman I swam with who was 90 um, up in the Highlands in the River Spey. And I think it was in November. And I went with her and she swims a lot. She's an extraordinary woman. I went to her local swim spot, which is at the bottom of her garden. And I had all my dry robe and my neoprene socks and all this stuff. And she just literally had a hand towel and a swimsuit and she just got in and swam. She was just my superhero really. And I thought, do you know what? You don't need any of the kits. If, if that's what puts people off, they mustn't be put off. It's just, you just need a swimsuit or just some underwear or just some run leggings with a top, something like that. You don't need anything else. If you like it and you want to keep going, then you could maybe get some, you know, neoprene booties for about 10 quid and, and some gloves perhaps and bubble hat. 
but you certainly don't need to go and get an expensive wetsuit. Um, so that would be my advice. Yeah, no, that's brilliant advice. Stuff. I mean, I've just gone on eBay after being like blown away by the prices of, of you know, good um, swim wetsuits. Yeah. And I've just gone on and bought a secondhand wetsuit, um, which still wasn't the cheapest thing, but it was, uh, you know, at least half the price of what I would have found if I, oh, if I bought it. Yeah always people selling them you, you know you often find them in charity shops as well yeah um, but they're certainly not a necessity and in a way and a lot of people I know weirdly enough will wear wetsuits in the summer but not in the winter mm. uh, partly because when you're getting changed and you're trying to take a wetsuit off and it's really cold it's it's actually quite difficult to do <laughs> take a wetsuit off if you've ever tried yeah it's really hard and it's much easier just to quickly towel there's very little dignity in it is, is there no is exactly there? <laughs> it's almost easier just to wear a swimsuit and just quickly towel off and put warm clothes on and um i bought some secondhand ugg boots uh online recently and they've just changed everything for me because i tell you what they're the best things in the world after a swim oh, great <laughs> just loose tracksuit bottoms really thick socks some ugg boots and a bobble hat just layer up those clothes and have a nice hot flask of something yeah you I don't even bother with underwear now. I can't be bothered. So I literally just put my trackies and a hoodie on <laughs> yeah. afterwards. And just, it's anything without zips or buttons is good because yeah. your hands can get, you know, if you've got really chilly hands, then doing up laces and, and buttons are sometimes can be difficult. Yeah. So it's not, a, it, as I said, it's really not a glamorous thing. You see lots of very glamorous Instagrammers swimming, but it's, you know, the reality is we're, we're all just there without underwear on with, with a flask and, yeah, you know, old tracksuit bottoms. Sometimes people wear dressing gowns or, or onesies even after. Mm. <laughs> it's a hilarious um, fashion parade, I must say. <laughs> no, no, those are great tips. And I mean, there's other tips in the book as well. I was looking through, I was thinking, yes, I need to write that down. So, um, so yeah, no, it's, it, it, that's been a brilliant, brilliant conversation. And um, thank you so much. And we'll make sure we've got all your details and, and the Instagram account and, and the books on the show notes. So if anybody wants to get in touch with you and ask you any questions, um, I'll make sure that, that all your, your details are on there. Um, and thank you so much. And Thanks for um, having me. Yeah, hopefully we can speak again because I, I definitely want to um, have a look at your new book as well about, um, about the trees because that sounds right up my street. So Anna, thank you so much. And hopefully we'll speak soon. Thanks again so that is this week's episode done i really hope you enjoyed today's podcast i'd love to know if some of the insights resonated with you or if there were some takeaways that you're possibly able to apply to your life i would really love to hear your feedback and perspective on today's conversation as well perhaps we talked about a topic that sparks something within you or you have something to offer to the other listeners either way i would love to hear from you in order to help grow the Ambitious Mum community and allow the podcast to be heard by other people, please do rate, subscribe and share it across your social networks. This will really help with the visibility of a new podcast. You can find me on Instagram and Facebook under Coaching by Kate and do use the hashtag the Ambitious Mum Podcast so I can find your comments easily. So please do get in touch if you have any more to say. I'll also provide all links to my guests and my contact details on the Ambitious Mum show notes too. See you next week.